this is the slant and go. We're doing the the uh, the draft recap, and we're joined again by Brian Schmoltz, world's most affable Cleveland fan. <laughs> uh, Man, if that's not a resume headline, I don't know what is. That's yeah, fantastic. I mean, you should put that. You can put that on your resume. I I give you permission. Um. So, you know, we, uh, we talked a lot about Cleveland last time, um, winning the offseason, all this potential with all the, all the picks and everything, high picks. So, um, Brian, how are you feeling about, about the draft? A couple surprises there at the top of the order there, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> would agree with that. Uh, I did not see... In my opinion, I, di- I didn't think they would take Baker number one. Um, I-, I thought that they was going to be heavily favored towards, uh, you know, Darnold and possibly Allen, especially with Allen being similar in size and everything to Ben with Haley's offense. Mm-hmm. But it seems that, uh, you know, Dorsey really had a thing for Baker and kind of from what I've, I've seen and heard, uh, it sounds like he kind of made his mind up there possibly yeah. a couple weeks ago that that was his guy. Uh, he, I think he likes the scheme or, you know, likes uh, what break, what Baker brings to the table in terms of as a competitor, um, a guy that can win games, a guy that's always going to go out there and give it his all. Um, so I think he really liked what he saw in that regard. And um, I think we talked about a little bit, all the quarterbacks had a bit of a knock on them where not one of them really kind of, you know, stood head and shoulders above another, above the rest of them. So I think it was a bit of a crapshoot with the four of them. And it kind of went to, you know, who does the GM and the coach really like above the rest? And I, I think there's something that Dorsey saw in Baker that make, made him want to take him number one uh, over the rest of those guys. And um, as a fan, you just have to look at it and, and say, you know, I, I, I have to trust in Dorsey and, He's going to hopefully turn this team around. He made a lot of good off-season moves so far. So hopefully this is in line with those moves. Um, but I, w- I was shocked. I was, I was not one of the ones cheering initially. Um, I was a bit shocked that that was the guy that went number one. Yeah, it was interesting um, to see. Like, kind of I think he's a great cor- – Tepid applause or something but from the Cleveland <laughs> fans when it was, the pick was announced, right? Yeah. I, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Sam Darnold. Yeah. Um, with all the rumors and all the hype and Sam Donald you know, thought, thought uh, Jimmy Haslam going up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, Dorsey's got to see something yeah. in this kid and, uh, and make it good. And it was interesting when they, they showed the reaction from the Muni lot in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a mixture of like people really saying, yeah, and, and going forward and a lot of, uh, like, oh, like, what? And, and the little, like, <laughs> shocked reactions. Because <clears throat> um, I, I think on paper, to, to the average fan that uh, doesn't read too much into things, a lot of people get timid by the, the Johnny comparison, mm-hmm. even though on the field it might not be exactly the same. There are certain characteristics that resemble the two. And I think until Baker gets into games and actually starts winning them, Unfortunately, the regular the regular fan is going to make those comparisons, yeah. and it's something he's going to have to live through in Cleveland until he gives people a reason not to say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the the comparisons are or or the similarities seem to be there, but 
even as someone that wasn't like a staunch uh, supporter of, of Baker, Baker amongst these quarterbacks, um, I have no problem saying like he's clearly a better thrower uh, and, and a better quarterback and, you know, all that than compared to, compared to Johnny. So I think other than the, uh, the sort of like escapability and highlight kind of like splash plays that you see at sports center um, other than those, I mean, he clearly ran a, uh, a better offense than Johnny, a, a more like progressive offense than Johnny, um, and ran it really well. His stats speak for themselves. So, you know, I think if you start to like not focus on the kind of the the things that the the potential negative sides of oh he seems too much like Johnny or I don't know the 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 character um, you know like this and that if you get those boxes checked in whatever way that I'm sure these teams do it by now with interviews and background checks and meeting the player and meeting their families and talking to everybody, you know, once you get those qualms settled, if you're just looking at it from, Oh, well, I think he's got some of the other things we look for. Then I could see what the upside was, you know, like the, uh, the excitement um, that he can bring to a locker room to kind of the, the confidence that, you know, you, people can get caught up in whatever they want about quarterbacks. I've always been of the mindset, like, I would say that it's the most important position in all of football and all of sports, like everyone agrees with. Um, but wouldn't you want that guy to be confident? Don't you, don't you want someone mm-hmm. that's like, hey, yeah, give me the ball at the end of the game. Watch mm-hmm. what happens. Um, you know, like yeah, – I, I, yeah. I think the pick, the pick to me, it, you know, Sam Darnold was probably – he's probably more polished, more complete, kind of more ready. You could even say that about Allen too, but um, they had something in mind. They have an offense in mind that they want to run, and they yeah. went got – they had their pick of these quarterbacks and they found the one that they think is going to fit the offense they want to run more. Right, right. If you go, you go from Tyrod at any point, whether it's mm-hmm. middle of the year, all, next year, whenever it is, when you go from what, I, what we perceive the kind of offense Tyrod's going to be running mm-hmm. to what um, I think you're going to run, run with Baker, it's, it's very, very similar, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of movement, a lot of, lot of uh, play action, a lot of like, you know uh, – things that require athleticism. So I think teams are starting to sort of double down on what helped Philly win it all, right? The difference between Wentz and Nick Foles is understandable. We know there's a difference, but Mm -hmm. their scheme of their offense didn't have to change a whole lot when Mm -hmm. they went from one to the other. And so it really didn't. And, you know, they just went, okay, we take out a couple of the deeper throws that Carson's maybe better at. We Mm -hmm. add in a a little more intermediate stuff that maybe Nick is as good or if not better at, and then roll from there. Mm-hmm. And so I think more teams are just going to try and do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, with the way Tyrod set up to play and, um, you know, getting Carlos Hyde, uh, you look at the way that they're going to set Tyrod up to succeed with that team. Yeah. And once, once it's Baker's time, you plug him in, you don't have to change too much of that offense. And, right. Um, it, it also makes sense why they went out a guy, got out a guy like Jarvis Landry, who's, you know, a highly paid essentially slot guy now that, you're banking on this guy making, uh, you know, top of the league reception wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And with, with Baker's ability to move and get out of the pocket a little bit and Landry kind of taking over a lot of the middle of the field there and in Joku as well, it, it makes yeah. sense for the way their offense is built. And then you look at Joe Thomas retiring and them kind of shuffling that line a little bit. It, mm-hmm. it gives them some more, it kind of plays in a, it looks like to the scheme that, um, Haley and uh, Dorsey and everyone looks yep. to be running this upcoming season. 
So yeah. in, in that regard, I, I once I kind of st- stepped back from the initial reaction, yeah. and you, you start to look at some of that, it, it does make more sense when you look at the comparisons of how he plays to how Tyrod plays. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that played into it against Darnold is, as well as Baker throwing a lot of touchdowns and not a lot of interceptions. And I think that was high on Dorsey's list yeah. as a guy that's, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he's not going to make all the biggest plays in the world, but he's also not going to turn the ball over. Right. Um, in, in, the, in the way that when Dorsey went out and got Alex Smith, yep. he was not a guy that's going to light up everything, but he's also not going to be the one that turns the ball over late in the game and costs you the game. Yep. So I, th- I think in that mold and what the Browns seem to be building on that offense – uh, it, it's starting to make more sense why they made why they selected Baker. Yeah. Um, and watching his press conference yesterday after he was drafted. Um, yep. Kids got some poise. I mean, yep. he, he stood up there and took every question, and uh, you know, he he sounds like he's got more to him than I initially thought. Uh, and at this point, I, I got to trust Dorsey and hope that you know this is the guy that's hopefully going to turn this turn this organization around and. And get yep. to some winning football. Yep. Um, and obviously, so much of the conversation is going to surround the decision they made at one. But you know, um, taking taking Ward at four. What were what were your what was your initial reaction to that too? So initially, you know, I thought it was going to be Chubb. Chubb sitting there yep. at four. Yeah. Um, with with Barkley gone, it looked like Chubb was a, a no brainer. Here you go. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Chubb and Miles Garrett on that defensive front. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they went and kind of, you know, pulled a little switch and they went and took Ward. Yeah. I thought it was a bit of a reach at four. Uh, not to give – not to say Ward wasn't probably the best or the one of the top two corners in the draft. Oh, yeah. I just, I just thought he was a bit of a stretch for a top five talent. Yeah. But then if, if, your biggest, if your biggest need is corner and you know you're not going to be able to fill that need right. when you pick at the start of the second, it yeah. makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, He's a bit, you know, he's a bit undersized for a corner, but he plays physical. Uh, the Ohio State played against a bunch of good teams this year, so you know he kind of he kind of showed his way and and made some big plays this year. Uh, it, it'll come down to that week one matchup when you know he's going to get out there and you know he's probably going to cover Antonio Brown a little bit and he's going to we're going to see if if he can handle it or not because when when it comes down to it, you know this guy's a top four corner, so. He's going to have to play against, you know, Antonio Brown and uh, A.J. Green twice a year for the foreseeable future. So we're going to see right out the gate if the kid can handle it and uh, if, he, if he's ready to step up to the test. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, a top, you know, a top-tier cornerback's valuable. I mean, you already have a, a, pa- a pass rusher, so, you know, kind of solidifying the back end. I mean, maybe, maybe it makes sense. I, di- I didn't think that you guys got all that good of value out of those first – couple of picks that first day but I felt like yeah you got really good value the second day yeah I felt a lot better about your draft yeah that second round I think yeah uh, I, I didn't think it was as big of a you know going in good no no um I was just gonna say this ahead, this North. this seems like it comes up when Andrew and I talk about fantasy football a lot too the delta is the key word right it's mm-hmm. what are you getting versus what could you be getting um when the when your turn comes back around, mm-hmm. um, not going to pretend just because I feel like I know something about fantasy football that I know anything about the real draft, but using the same <laughs> principle, I think them taking Ward makes it clear that they thought, well, the other corners that might be available at the top of the second round, maybe aren't 
as much of day one starters to us or the same type of potential impact that Ward could have with the receivers that you got in the division that you just mentioned. So I think they thought, okay, let's try and double down. We know we have all these picks. Let's actually try and use them. I was pleased to see how little they moved around the draft board in terms of trades. They're like, we're staying at our slots. We're taking people. We're actually picking guys. We're not just trying to accumulate more draft picks. Um, I thought that like narrative kind of really, really rang true for them. And you talk about the other guys they got. I mean, everything starts to make a lot more sense when you go get uh, an immediate starter offensive lineman and, um, Nick, and Nick Chubb, who, if it weren't for a horrific injury two years ago, uh, would have been right up there in the conversation with the top running backs in this class mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, I think getting the O line at the at the top of the second round was a big uh, a big need, and now they can do a little uh, shuffling on that O line and kind of see you know where guys are going to fit out, who's going to fill in the Joe Thomas shoes. Um, another thing I thought that was interesting, um, you know, they got a pretty solid core in the middle of that line now. So building up the core of that line should allow them to put somebody new in that left tackle spot, and hopefully with the mobility of the quarterbacks they have there with Tyrod and eventually Baker, hopefully that having the solid center of the line hopefully will allow them to hold off the fact that, you know, left tackle could be a little vulnerable coming up and hopefully allow their mobile quarterbacks to kind of use the fact that their center and guards are going to be strong and they can kind of play, you know, build that pocket around them a little bit and and stay up in it and hit the guys underneath. And then with Chubb, I mean – Chubb, getting Chubb was good. I think he's going to be a good compliment to Carlos Hyde. If if Hyde goes down with injury, um, you know, if he's if he's not ready to carry the whole load this year because of of something, um, I think Chubb fits in really well, and he'll be a similar compliment to Duke, Duke Johnson when, uh, you know, Duke Johnson will be in there to to catch out of the backfield and, um, you know, almost play slot here and there, and then Chubb's going to be there to to run the football up the middle. He's not great outside the tackles, but. Um, I don't think they're looking at him to run outside the tackles. I think similar to like the conversation we've had with Baker and Tyrod, I think with Carlos starting and Chubb kind of sitting behind him a little bit, you're going to have that kind of same makeup where when Carlos Hyde comes out and you put in Chubb, it's going to be a similar style. So you already know what you're getting. So yeah. that line is, doesn't have to make changes or make exceptions. They can just continue to do what they do. If Hyde goes down with injury or something like that. Yeah, Chubb, Chubb, I can't say enough good things about him, man. I, like, was uh, really hyped about him. Back when Gurley was at Georgia, Gurley goes down to the injury. The offense didn't miss a beat. Chubb came in, and he was just, like, running like a man possessed the whole time. I think when he's, when he's right, he's, he's really fun to watch. And if you're talking about creating an identity for not just your offense, but maybe, like, your, your whole team, I mean – Getting guys like like Baker's got an identity. He's got he's got something about him that's a personality that he brings. You say what you will about it, but he's got one. Um, and then you also add in Nick Chubb and just the style that he plays. He's he's a grinder. He's gonna lower his shoulder on you. He's that type of dude. You're gonna have some kind of identity about what's what they're gonna bring on offense. You know, so I think it's I think those picks really made the entire like body of work that, that uh, the Browns did in the draft um, look a lot better than, than maybe if you're just looking at the top two picks, there's plenty to discuss there, but the whole, the whole kind of package there, I think really started to make a lot of sense. 
Yeah, they fi- they filled a lot of needs, which yeah, was yeah. good. You know, it, it was good to see them not um, not kind of load up on one thing and then you know leave it a bunch of other holes. Right. Like they've kind of done in years past. Uh, <laughs> it was it was good to see them really look at you know what are the major holes that we have to address in the first and second round, and you know I even though the the top of the draft kind of went a little different than most people thought. They filled mm-hmm. all those holes. You know, they got a quarterback, yep. they got a DB, uh, they got an O-lineman, and they got another running back. And those were all places they needed help. And they got those – they got top guys that should be able to come in, compete, and eventually get some really quality playing time there. So, yep. I do – overall, when I look at the whole draft, I am happy with everything they did. Yep. Um, and, and we'll see again, we'll just kind of see how Baker fans out and Ward and everything. So, yeah. uh, but I, you know, it's a good positive, positive start for the first draft under Dorsey and yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a nice balanced group when you take the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple, I mean, they got a couple late round guys that, you know, could turn out to be something, um, I, I worry about some of the guys they got and some of the issues they've had off the field and whether or not they're going to be able to, you know, stay on the field. But if, um, you know, they, they picked that late receiver Callaway from Florida. Yeah. He's got yeah. potential if he can stay on the field. Yeah. You know, so, on paper sounds a little bit like Josh Gordon did when he was coming out of school. So it'll be curious to see how much of an impact he'll make. Yep. Um, also the defensive end from Miami. Can he come in and take some reps uh, behind Miles Garrett and behind Ubda and and be you know uh, one of those you know potential pass rushers that they can kind of plug in behind some of these guys to give give them a breather and make an impact. So yep. um, it, it'll be good to see what they kind of do with that. Yeah, absolutely. So any <laughs> um, actually, uh, why don't we uh, let's talk about. Your Niners, there, Noor. Oh, oh, they're 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 all mine now. Uh, <laughs> you own them. God, if I did, I would be sitting right here having a podcast with you guys for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, let's uh, we can dive in. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to run through every single pick they made because I feel like most of the attention that was paid about uh, uh, most of the attention that was paid to their choices were either the top two or top three, if we want to go that far. But, um, you know, I think uh, it seemed majoritively obvious that they had, uh, you know, I think a guy like Roquan Smith probably really high on their board um, made a lot of sense in a lot of different ways for what he can do up front and what he can provide as a contingency plan down the road. But um, once he was taken and taken rightfully so uh, in the top, you know, seven picks, um, I think the decision was pretty much made that they were going to go uh, for uh, for a, a tackle. Um, I think that became really clear uh, about 24 hours after the the selection was made because they traded their their existing right tackle uh, over to the Patriots uh, for for a third round pick. So I think the choice was pretty clear for them that that was what they wanted to do. Um, you know, talking about the player himself, he's uh, absolute like wall of a human being. <laughs> He's like six eight, uh three ten, three fifteen, something like that. Seems to have a little bit more uh athleticism than or the in then that type of style, I guess, fits maybe more what uh Kyle Shanahan's looking for out of his tackle. And um, you know, within call in college he started out at the right and uh soon enough he kicked over to left. I think the plan is pretty much gonna be similar to that for San Francisco. Um 
Joe Staley's been an absolute stud for a long time. He's probably rounding out his career as far as the next two years or so. You give McGlinchey a chance to work his way uh, into into the league and, and be a, a regular starter at right tackle. He kicks over. He's the type of guy that's been the captain of his team, you know, for uh, most of his years in college. I just feel like you get that certain type of players just kind of demand the locker room and all that. So I get the pick. I think it makes sense. I think if the Niners didn't take him, the Raiders were clearly about to because as soon as the Niners took him, the Raiders traded back um, and still took a tackle. So I think that sometimes just tells you what other teams are thinking as well. Um, so I was happy about that. I think he's a great fit. Um, you know, when you take a tackle at the top, uh, your first choice, I should say, it's not a lot that's like super sexy about it. You don't get really excited, you know, like, oh, like we get like an impact wide receiver or this generational running back or a pass rusher, like tackles kind of, it's boring for lack of a better word. But uh, if you wait until you need a tackle to draft one, you probably waited too long is kind of my consensus on it. So getting a guy when you need him, um, I, uh, right before you need him, I should say, makes the most sense to me. And, you know, you just paid Jimmy all this money, try and keep him upright and alive. Uh, the Rams just signed – I think they're still signing um, every possible defensive lineman uh, on earth. I don't think they're going to run any linebackers at L.A. I think they're just going to have nine defensive linemen in the, in the box and two corners, and that's going to be their defense. Um, so you got to keep Jimmy alive, right? So a big yeah. tackle hopefully does that. Um, I have to say, I, you know, from my perspective as a fan of the Seahawks, <laughs> I would have been excited. That would be a sexy pick for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, no, I mean, I, I know what you mean. It's not yeah. like, you know, the, you know, the skills positions get all the attention, but yeah, that's yeah, a, they that's do. A great pick, I, think. I mean, he's but, best lineman in the draft. Yeah. I mean, the tackle, I think this is, I don't know, Andrew, I actually was interested to hear both of you guys' thoughts on this actually, but I don't know if you remember a draft where interior linemen, there were so many more of them that were like considered top, you know, one, two or three, you know, selection, uh, round selections versus tackle. It seemed like there weren't a lot of tackles mm -hmm. in this draft to be, that were worthy of, you know, getting drafted early on, but interior linemen were like, you know, they were all the rage. Yeah, so, I've never seen know. it actually. I mean, it's usually, you know, rounds four, five, six where you start to see those guys go. And yeah. They're going high. Yeah. Centers? I mean, true centers, like guys that aren't even like projected yeah. to play guard. Yeah, yeah. No, true centers, you know, going, going early and uh, all that. So I think it was just that type of class. Tackles mm -hmm. were few and far between. I also think the Raiders got a good one. You know, we can talk about Colton Miller another time, but mm -hmm. I think he's pretty good too. Um, but I think that was it in terms of the tackle class, especially at the top. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy with it. You know, I, I thought for, I was very, very sure, or at least very positive that um, they were going to maybe go for an impact defender. Um, but if you don't feel like the rest of the tackle class is that strong, it kind of goes back to that Delta conversation we had. Right. Um, and yep. you know, you know, you need to protect uh, the quarterback. Right. So I think uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, they uh, in that trade that I talked about where they traded Trent Brown, they used one of the picks that they got from the Patriots in that trade to move up in the second round and get uh, Dante Pettis out of Washington. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's a the type of receiver that I think, you know, maybe got some – there's some eyebrows raised about it because of who else was on the board. Some other receivers that maybe more people had heard about, talked about, uh, more excited about. But I think um, Pettis, you know, is the type of receiver that 
he just fits in really well with what they're trying to do. He's a good blocker. He runs hard. Um, he runs some some pretty crisp routes. And uh, uh, with the ball in his hand, he's actually pretty uh, pretty a little bit surprising uh, from his frame. You might not expect him to have the type of wiggle he does, but he actually has the uh, NCAA record for punt return uh, touchdowns. So in in open in open space and one on one, he can clearly do some things. So. I think he's just someone that they thought fit into their plan and what they can, what they can do. Um, and he can play all three positions in a, in a, in an offense too. He can play uh, outside receiver, slot receiver, um, and that stretch receiver on, on the opposite side. So he kind of fits a lot of, a lot of needs. And uh, there might've been some other receivers that I thought they were going to target, but I feel like anyone, you just, you just got this trust at this point of like, well, I think Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. Um, I think he's had enough successful offenses to know what he's doing. And if he likes receiver A as opposed to receivers B or C, I'm just going to be like, cool, I think you're right. Let's keep going. <laughs> you know, when you talk about the Delta, yeah, um, I kind of think that the Niners might have had the best value in the draft at the number, the round seven pick, the um, Richie James. Oh, yeah. Out of middle Tennessee State. I mean, the guy just had monster – couple of monster years broke his collarbone is probably why he he slid right but yeah uh, i mean you know great receiver and so and to get him in the seventh round well i mean they got you know you get you get really lucky in some of these draft classes when you look back um last year they had just so many needs and just needed to replenish so much of the roster that they had they they really needed impact from so many of their picks more than maybe most teams do he got lucky last year's seventh round pick could be the starter at free safety this year for the Niners. Like mm-hmm. if not, he's a very key rotational contributor and he played, you know, a bunch of games last year and did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, getting value out of the late round picks, it's kind of like it's house money, right? You kind of feel like mm-hmm. you're not expecting much. They just got to get in and kind of get their opportunity. And so, yeah, I was, I was excited to see them go for, um, go for another receiver. Cause I was thinking that, you know, you want to add a little bit more depth there too, potentially. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was excited about that pick too, ironically. And then, you know, uh, second year in a row, I was like, oh, cool. The seventh round pick was this guy. And it's just, it's a weird feeling to have sometimes, but you know, it's also part of the fun of being a fan. I think you're like getting as juiced about a seventh round pick as you are, you know, a third or fourth sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think you guys, I think you guys did pretty well in that draft, man. I think, you know, the money you put into, uh, into re-signing uh, Jimmy and then going out and getting an offensive tackle that, you know, is, is the, the top tackle out there. Uh, I think that was a great move. I think if, you know, we, you look at Joe Thomas, um, him being a Brown for 10 years and us never getting a quarterback for him to really def- protect all those years. And, you know, you guys went out and you saw what he could do, what Jimmy could do in those few games you had him last year. and. Now you go out and get a guy that can protect him for his entire career, essentially. Uh, on paper, you know, if, if he plays the way that a left tackle drafted top 10 should play, that should be Jimmy's whole career left tackle. So I thought you got a great cornerstone piece for that organization, um, and it's going to keep him upright at the end of the day. Um, and then to go get a receiver in the second, um, you know, just adding weapons around him and, and a guy that can fit into Kyle's system and, and probably really do well. Uh, really explode in, in the system that, that Kyle's going to run there. And 
Um, I, I think you guys had a tremendous draft. I feel pretty good about it. I mean, again, like was expecting a little bit, uh, just different players were out were who I thought they were going to go with in the first round. But then as soon as the pick like, you know, took 10 seconds to settle, I was like, all right, well, you're either protecting Jimmy or you're getting him targets. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you got to do. So I'm fine with that. Um, you know, Kyle Shannon had a great quote, uh, I think after the draft was done, or at least after the first two days were done, uh, he said, you know, in year one, we were clearly going to every level of the defense, Solomon Thomas, defensive line, Ruben Foster, uh, uh, linebacker, and then, uh, it, uh, uh, Akela Witherspoon corner started outside corner, third round pick. They took every level of defense. He's like this year, we took every level of the offense, uh, offensive tackle. And then he said, in the second round, we drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. And then we drafted a receiver for Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, it's just, you know, you have to shift according to not just what your team needs, but what the draft's indicating as well. Um, defensive players were really, really impactful in 2016. You know, like we saw a lot of studs come out. So I just feel like you go with kind of what the, the draft indicates too. Yeah, yeah and I mean, you look at playing, playing the Rams every year. Yeah, yeah it's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this year you took kind of every level of the defense too. You know, two, def- two, def- two defensive linemen, two defensive backs, and a linebacker. Yeah, over the course of the draft, for sure. Yeah. But I think you, you know, you're just more merely speaking to the the top three. But yeah, I also liked Fred Warner that they took in the third round. Um, mm-hmm. He can play outside. He can he can play inside for however long Reuben Foster is suspended or God knows what it's going to go on there. Um, so he gives you a little bit more of a uh, you know flexibility there, which is great. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, I guess that leaves the uh, Seahawks. Oh, oh! Is there another team we could talk about? <laughs> oh God, it's so painful. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I, I will start off with saying I feel like all but one of the teams in the NFC West got better through the draft. <laughs> so here's here's the high level take: is that the Seahawks got better through the draft. On special teams, <laughs> they really did. They clearly put a uh, an importance on special teams this year, and not yeah. just trading up for the punter. Oh man! I mean, before they took a single offensive lineman, yeah, which clearly is the the highest need on the team. Um, I mean, he's going to be a hell of a punter, you know. Uh, <laughs> he does seem like he's gonna be amazing. <laughs> he better be. He was amazing punter. Wasn't he the MVP of his bowl game? He, he was, was the, the MVP of the yeah. bowl game. <laughs> a punter that was an MVP of a bowl game. I mean, that is – And it's not like he went to some random school. I'm not going to name drop one here so we get a bunch of uh, vitriol <laughs> on, on Twitter. But he, he played in Texas. Like, there, there's some ballers in Texas every year. <laughs> he was – yeah, exactly. He was – yeah, I mean, okay. And he was an Aussie Rules kicker. I love those guys. Oh, you do. You really do. do. But you, you love those guys. You know, whatever. I think it's it's mostly so, a cap, cap thing, and you know, John I, Ryan's kind of been here so, fifteen years and stuff. So certainly, it's a cap thing. I think uh, like the Seahawks just kind of have their sort of their own version of kind of money ball. Sometimes they like to play with certain positions and getting them rolled over into offensive linemen. But we just talked about it. I mean, there weren't a lot of tackles in this draft, and they probably I don't remember exactly how it all lined up for them. Mm-hmm. They, I'm sure they had offensive linemen queued up a couple different times, and they just got you know, yoink, snatched out in front of him. Yeah. I mean, my overall grade on the draft, I actually went on, there's some Seahawks site that I've never been on before, but they had a little poll about the, 
the draft and um, yeah. Seahawks fans on their side anyway gave him a B overall. Like, okay. I, I give him a solid D. I was like, who's if they gotta be, who's a C? I don't, I'm not asking who's an F or a, who's an A. I want to know who's close. You know, if that's a B. You, you gotta be kidding me. Anyway, I mean, it, it would have been lo- even lower except for kind of the fun of uh, you know Sha- Shaquem like reuniting the, the twin brothers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good and story. I, I think it's the story of the draft for the most part, aside from you know like how the quarterbacks fell, and, and that's always a conversation. But just really awesome to see. Uh, not just 300 of these dudes that got drafted following through on, on a dream of theirs, but seeing someone that's been uh, up against that type of like adversity that uh, mm-hmm. Shaquem's had. And then of all places you go to where your brother already plays and your brother's a stud and he's starting. It's just like, you know, it's really a pretty awesome story. That's yeah. about as positive as I can be about <laughs> anything that has to do with Seattle. So <laughs> I'm going to let you guys continue. I was, I was surprised actually that we got Trey Flowers so late. Yeah. I expected him to go a little higher, so that, I'm okay with that pick. I mean, the you know the running back we took. He sounds like he's good. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about positive stuff, they've also needed a running back almost as long as they've needed offensive linemen. I feel like. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, I was a, I mean, I was a Chris Carson. I mean, I am a Chris Carson guy. I mean, I, we'll see how he comes back from his injury, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems like they're you know, him, Procise, Rawls, all those guys just gotten hurt, and so right, right. They just need somebody to just not get hurt. Because all, yeah. all three of those guys are decent running backs. They are. They all can contribute, and and you know, all prove prove that in different different ways. Uh, Rashad Penny, I think, is pretty awesome though. He's a three down back from the word go, and he uh, can help be a, a release valve for Russell when he's um, pressured and when he's got to break the pocket and all that stuff. Um, like every play. <laughs> I don't know. You try to Rashad <laughs> Penny about to have a hundred catches and they're all for like two for yards. yards yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean any, anything if there's no holes to run through. So it's true. It's tough. That, that was a little surprising that yeah. uh, Seattle didn't go after any linemen till late in the draft. Um, I, I mean, they did get that kid from Ohio State. Yeah. Who, you know, could help them out. Um, but it was surprising to, you know, watch. I don't follow Seattle that closely, but having watched them over the last couple of years, and I feel like even the casual fan can watch the Seahawks and be like, why don't they have an offensive line? Like, why is Russell Wilson constantly running for his life every, every single play. game? Every play. And that, and that seems like a glaring hole that you would want to address. You would think. In one of the first two days of the draft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you would think, think so. But, I think. mean. I'm even seeing, I mean, I'm seeing kind of conflicting reports. Maybe about Pete Carroll's got to. Uh, well, he's got a what? <laughs> I mean, he well, I think a, I mean Pete Carroll's got some kind of idea, right? Uh, I, well, so I don't know. well, they they traded for Dwayne Brown last year, right? Yeah. They got him, and that he's yeah. he's a left tackle for sure. He's like, you know, uh, a, a pretty damn good player. Uh, yeah, was it George Fent that got hurt in the beginning of the? Yeah, pre- so, and he was he actually looked pretty good. He did. So let's say Brown's your left and fancy fancy right. Yep. I mean, you're not it's not as bad as it was last year when for they had like I don't even know if they were starting O linemen for a while. They're like, well, let's just get more receivers out there instead and they can throw it in. Uh <laughs> but, them block. They'll do a better yeah. But I mean having tackles, I mean, I just spent fifteen minutes talking about a tackle that the Niners took. Like mm-hmm. tackles obviously can make your whole life easier. Um you, you gotta wonder about the interior. Uh, I don't know what uh players you have there that you're all that, that maybe you're feeling well that's super, super you know, positive would, about yeah the whole thing you know i was feeling i was you know I, i've been ranting for days about this yeah, yeah that's um, true 
on group text and stuff. But yeah. um, the you know, I started looking into it. I was like, why, why, <laughs> why? Well, I got it. I, <laughs> well, what I found out, we actually I didn't realize was we picked up um, DJ Fluker. Oh, okay. He was a former first rounder. First rounder. Uh, um, for uh, to play right, right guard. Yeah, he, okay. He, uh, Charger, Chargers, I think. Um, they went to the Eagles, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, 2013. So he's been on a couple of teams. So it makes yeah. you wonder. Yeah, but, you know, he must have had athleticism or talent sure. or something coming sure. out in the draft. So mm-hmm. yeah. maybe that, that we, we're a little better at right guard. Yeah. You know, Fant comes back at right tackle. Dwayne and he's still got – what? Afedi was two years ago, right? So – yeah, but I mean, he's a guard, if or, yeah. or supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he. I think because he slid out to right tackle, right? And he Did was he? terrible. Yeah. I think. Anyway, so I don't. I, I mean, maybe it's not as bad as it seems, but it's just to take to take one lineman in the draft. I mean, may, you know, maybe they have some other plan of like now that you know all these you know linemen got drafted. Yeah, you know, teams are going to release a few guys and they'll yeah. pick up some other guy who's most of the way through his career or something. I don't know. It just, it just doesn't feel very good, I have to say. Um, yeah. What a, yeah, I think with uh, also with, with Brown coming into the year, having gone through training camp with the Seahawks, knowing their scheme instead of coming over mid, mid-season, yeah. you know, hopefully that's going to protect Russell's backside. Um, you know, he was hopefully solid. That's gonna a little, yeah, I mean, at, yeah. A, at, a, at a year through camp, he's going to know everything better. He's going to start to learn more of Russell's tendencies to hopefully – know when he's going to roll out or know when to protect him on that side. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to solidify that left side for you. I mean, he's a solid guy. Um, I don't know too much about the rest of your interior guys, but I think if you could solidify that, um, I think you guys picked up a tight end too that's supposed mm-hmm. to be a pretty good blocker. Um, yeah. So, so oh. it, it seems like yeah. they might use that a little more to, to block around the end. Um, because we lost both of our top two tight ends. So once yeah. I started kind of thinking about through, instead of just reacting in the moment where I was, I was – I was pretty upset during the draft, but then, you know, like we me, lost me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's the yeah. NFL draft. That's what we do, right? You overreact, yeah. you freak out, you, yep. you, you flip a table and yeah. then, you know, you yeah, have like a, beer. a fan for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Then you, yeah. You, you do a, you do a straight leg drop through a table or something. Bill's mafia style. Yeah. And you just, then you, you have a beer and you're like, okay, let's think about this. All right, fine. So we lost Jimmy Grant Graham obviously. But then Luke Wilson, we lost him too. And he's like, I really like him. I, I got, he's a good tight end. And so we lost, lose both those guys. So it makes sense. They took a tight end. You know, it's like, I started thinking about it more. And like they, they addressed a bunch of needs, um, including puncher, which is a purely a need. Yeah. <laughs> trade, it up, trade it up for it. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to see well, how, how this really addressed like the glaring needs on the team. But Well, I mean, they're, it, retooling some of the some of the big names that you know either left or or finishing up their contracts on defense um you're going to be getting a bigger surplus of money you know after this season's done um for getting more tackles or whatever but you know there's certain positions you just have to build through the draft uh like they don't they rarely hit free agent market you know like there's maybe only a tackle or two at best that hit the market maybe a guard or center like there's not a lot you don't rarely see an edge rusher. You rarely see a top flight corner receivers mm-hmm. never hit the market, you know, like the, uh, the bigger elite receivers, I should say. So there's some positions you're just relegated to, Oh, I have to build through the draft. And if this was a particularly light tackle draft or 
a lat or a top heavy inner interior lineman draft, mm -hmm. then you're you're kind of just forced to to go with what you got. Um, so, and I also think, you know, when you have a franchise quarterback, which obviously Seattle does, that position and a, a real player at that position just elevates everyone around him. Like, mm -hmm. like Luke Wilson even getting a free agent deal somewhere else, I'm kind of surprised. Like he's, you know, he's a guy that like runs the seam. I never seen him run more than one route. He runs the seam. Russell hit drops it in a bucket after running around for an hour and a half, and <laughs> and then that's what Luke Wilson does. But he does it a couple times a year and makes big plays, right? But like someone saw that and was like, "Oh, we got to go get Luke Wilson. We got to pay him. We got to yeah. steal him away from Seattle." Whereas Seattle's like, "Oh, that was like a sixth round pick we had three years ago that we barely paid any money to. I guess you guys are gonna steal him." Yeah. You know, like you have to kind of retool that way and hope that Russell can continue to elevate guys like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, in his, in Luke's defense, he's also a good blocker. So he's like, he's yeah. pretty brutal tight end, but so I, I, you know, losing Jimmy Graham, I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. And you know, he, you know, he finally had a good year that just this last year, but right. it's been a little bit of a bust for us. So that wasn't, I wasn't too disappointed by that, but to lose both of them in the same year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, hopefully, like that. So I saw a funny article about the the new tight end, and just how like kind of bland he is. <laughs> they, just went, they went through his Twitter feed, and it was just like uh, he was like Friends season four episode. <laughs> uh, he got, like well, must see. Well, like, let's <laughs> say this: would, would you rather have that or some of the other stuff people were finding on Twitter sure. about oh, draftees sure. this weekend? <laughs> oh yeah, I'd say let's let's go with the. Let's go with the blend. I'll take the yeah. vanilla latte, you know, in that, in that case. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they're like, he's replacing Luke Wilson, who was a verified Canadian. So it's not like a locker room got any more white. Man, what's verified? I, I don't know if I want to know what's, what a verified Canadian is. I don't know either. But anyway, yeah, so I wasn't too happy with the whole draft. But, um, you know, whatever. We'll see how, how it plays out. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean. The tough thing uh, is that the, whole, the NFC West all got – all got better. I, I think every team got better, and 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 um, yeah. I was I was I was a little bit res yeah. reserved to say that the Cardinals got that much better. But then I looked back at there, and I was like, they potentially got their future quarterback, who I think they got their future quarterback. And then I absolutely loved the receiver they took in the second round. Um, Christian Kirk is like a the the dude just makes plays all over the field. Mm -hmm. He's gonna learn from Fitzgerald. I don't know. He's I think everything they've been wanting like every player named John Brown or something like John Brown for the last five years uh, to be, I think they finally got that guy and he can stay on the field. Mm -hmm. So uh, you still got, and then you got David Johnson coming back. Like I think the Cardinals are better than a lot of people thought they were um, a few days ago. Um, the Rams, obviously they didn't need uh, their first two or three picks. Cause I think they traded them all for defense and, and or Brandon cooks. Mm -hmm. And then you take the guy, you look at the guys they drafted anyway, they just kept getting linebackers and more linemen. And I was like, these dudes are never going to stop blitzing people. <laughs> the, the, that, that division is going to be tough, man. It's going to be rough. In, Rosen, I think, as angry as he was that he fell, I think when, it, when push comes to shove, he's going to realize he's in a great situation in Arizona. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of, he's going to fit a bit of that Carson Palmer mold and then, the fact that, yeah, you're going to have Larry Fitzgerald that you're throwing to and David Johnson as your running back, it kind of, there's not a lot of pressure on you to, to be the guy to make the plays. Uh, it, it, what a situation for him to fall into. I yeah, mean, yeah. and then the Rams. I mean, the Rams are just looking to murder everybody on, when yeah. they're on defense. Like, they're just going to be like, 
Oh, man. They're just going to be picking bones out of their teeth. Like, Jesus. <laughs> I think they're just actively going to be like, if we can stop an offense from getting a touchdown and getting instead getting a field goal, like, once a game, then yeah. our offense is going to score enough points to where that's a big enough differential. If they yeah. take the ball away ever, which I'm sure they will, <laughs> they're already like, oh, great. We got, like, a, a, a short field with the last year, with last year's MVP and, yeah. and a bunch of targets for Jared Goff. Like, they're they're going for it. I got to admit, it's 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 uh yeah. it's frustrating that it's in that division, but it's also like, hey, they're they're going all in. Um, we'll have to see how it works. Yeah, that front seven, uh, and then with uh, what Talib and Peters now playing corner for them, right. two guys that like to ball hawk. I mean, yeah. they went out and got corners that basically can supplement that front seven of theirs and basically just hold guys hold guys enough. And, and look to make picks. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the defense next year in fantasy that we're talking about that's, you know, putting up a touchdown a game or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> what else did you find interesting? Anything else interesting in the draft? Uh, I would say the other one I was going to bring up was uh, Baltimore trading back into the first round to get uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. thought, that, uh, <clears throat> you know, from an AFC North perspective – I, I was a bit shocked to see that, but it also, I think, shows you that, you know, Flacco's riding out the end of that mega contract, and I, I don't think there's a lot of faith in him towards the end of that deal. Mm-hmm. You know, from a Browns fan, I love that they're paying him $20 million potentially to sit <laughs> on the bench the next couple of years because he's going to get all that money regardless. Um, but I think as much as I don't like to say it, I think Lamar Jackson would fit very well into that offense, and I think when his time comes to play – um, I'm going to be a little bit nervous um, mm-hmm. that he's in our division. Yeah. And I think, he, you know, he's not the biggest quarterback, but I think he can, I think he can play in Baltimore for a couple of years. He's not going to be, he won't be, I don't think he'll be that pro bowl, you know, top five quarterback in the league, but I think he's going to win uh, some football games for the Ravens and make them a dangerous team uh, mm-hmm. when he gets his time to shine. And I thought that was a, I mean, it was a smart pick for them to, to trade back up and get in the top of the, the first and snag him while he was still on the table. Yeah, I think trading up to get him in the first round, um, I think trading up uh, to get into the first round for the last couple of picks, it's really become like a, a, a solid move uh, ever since the new CBA got settled because you get with first round picks as opposed to second round picks, you get that extra fifth year option. And if you're talking about a quarterback that you plan on sitting for a little while, whatever time that may be, having that extra fifth year to bank on just makes it that much easier for you um, when you're talking about allocating so much money to a quarterback as it stands right now. Um, I've heard different things about when they can get out from under the Flacco contract. I don't know if that necessarily means when the majority of it's paid off or if the remaining cap hit on it is like, we'll just eat that. I I don't know what the Mm -hmm. conversation really surrounds, but um, you know, they could be, that could be what they're gearing towards. I don't think they do it this year because that doesn't lend itself well to giving Jackson time to sit, but it could be like this time next year, Flacco's, you know, somewhere else. I I mean, if you're trading, if you're trading up to get Jackson, I think you have with all the, with everything everyone said about him. And I think learning the NFL system, I I think you're looking at, yeah, like Flacco's going to play this year, maybe next year. And then you're looking at maybe a two year, one and a half to two years before you're looking at Jackson to really step in and take over yeah. the reins. Yeah. But two years in that system, you know, 
you you can get a couple of pieces around him in the next year or two and, yeah. and put him in a good situation. Um, yeah. So I mean, as, as much as I hate to give Baltimore credit, I, have to <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> I'm just sitting here talking about the Rams more. I'm like, I'm just going to slowly close my laptop while we're here. <laughs> Start crying into my into my cereal. Um, the Steelers got their their future quarterback too, and he's basically a so, clone of of Big Ben. And he he really fits like maybe not as good of the downfield game as Ben has because Ben gets so much of his downfield um, game breaking you know uh, ability from just refusing to be tackled for x yeah. amount of seconds uh, and then being able to just chuck it. I don't know if Rudolph has like the top end arm that maybe Ben does, but he threw it deep plenty to the receiver that the Steelers took mm-hmm. James Washington, another guy that I think I was, I was really kind of really high on um, coming to this, in this draft. I think James Washington had something like 18 or 21 yards per reception or something yeah. like something they sucks. went, they went deep plenty and getting to get mm-hmm. drafted and be able to just work out full time with the same quarterback that's been chucking it deep to you for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers might have set themselves up as well. Um, and then they took a running back a little bit later on, uh, I think, as well, to maybe try and leverage Le'Veon into signing a deal soon. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think uh, that quarterback is there. I think Ben's going to be – I mean, I, I think Ben's got two years max left. Nice. Um, I think it's going to depend how they play this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he – I mean, the nice thing is, in that situation for Rudolph, is the Steelers have a tremendous offensive line. Ben doesn't hit the ground all that often during games. He's not the most mobile quarterback. So you look at that from a Rudolph coming into perspective, like you're going to be in a good situation where you're going to have time to throw the ball. You're not going to be yep. – you're not going to really need to run around all that much. So when yep. the time comes, uh, he'll, he'll fit that offense and he'll fit the same mold where, you know, similar to things that we've been talking about where yep. – Drafting that backup to to plug in for that starter that's the same offense. You mm-hmm. don't have to change it too much. You have yep. the same pieces around it. You utilize it in the same way. Um, yeah. Antonio Brown fits kind of the way Rudolph used to throw downfield. Antonio Brown's that guy. So yep. he's already used to the similar play calling in that regard. So yep. I think it's a good it's a good mold for Rudolph. And, you know, hopefully Le'Veon Bell leaves Pittsburgh sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's that. But, I mean, uh, you know – now that Haley like uh, took his took his talents to Cleveland, um, woo woo. you know they're at some point maybe they're just holding on to whatever year two like you said Ben has left. They're trying to keep whatever style of offense Haley ran. Be like that's still our offense. That's what we're gonna do. If and when Ben retires and Rudolph maybe gets the keys, they could be like, okay, well maybe we can. This is a good time to change kind of what our offensive philosophy is because it could fit what Rudolph does more. You look at him; he's definitely got West Coast. Uh, offense kind of talents like he throws great timing routes he throws intermediate routes pretty well um i think he's got conceptually he understands kind of those those routes and everything too um so maybe you go with that which is a little bit easier to find an offensive coordinator for and then if ab is still running the way he is and let's say they keep bell those guys are offensive proof it doesn't matter what system yeah. they're in they're just they're money in in every type of system you know so maybe maybe it's a little bit Playing the waiting game will sort itself out for everybody potentially. Yeah, and, and if and if you get a shocker that at the end of this next season, if Ben all of a sudden turns around and is like, "That's it, I'm done. I, I don't have it in me," something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, having A. B. and Le'Veon Bell makes it easy for Rudolph to jump in when when mm-hmm. your crutch is 
two of the best guys in the league. I mean, totally. that, that makes your life so much easier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not the exact same, but when Rodgers took over the Green Bay offense from Favre, that yeah. offense had just ballers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Greg Jennings was money. Donald Driver was still, like, crushing things. They just they, – they had a really good offense. So, all the better way, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen both as, – as Niners fans and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Browns fans, we've seen <laughs> – We've seen grooming go wrong, and we've seen it. We've seen other teams do it right. So, yep. And you know, uh, Rudolph had the second best passer rating under when he was under pressure, like when oh, he was really? moved around in yeah. the pocket yeah. after Baker May- Mayfield. Yeah. Oh, oh. all right. Ooh. <laughs> all right. All right. You like, you like hearing that? Um, all right. Andrew, so, just trying to make sure we're still his friends by the yeah, end. Right, of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Did you guys see that uh, Jordan Maialata guy, the Australian monster dude? Oh, yeah. Rugby yeah. player? Yeah. So, do you see this guy, Brian? So uh, guy- I, I have not seen him. My dad was telling me about him uh, yesterday a little bit because my dad used to play rugby. Oh, okay. uh, so, he, he told me a little bit about him, but I, yeah. I, I don't know much about him at all. So, Philly took him in the seventh round, number 233 overall, right? Like, way at the bottom of the draft. They got 6'8", 350. Huge human. Wow. Rugby player. He's never played American football, but um, I was watching highlights of his rugby playing. <laughs> he, he's, just, he's just getting the ball, and, like, people are bouncing off of him. I mean, they just yeah. can't, he's, like, twice the size of anybody else on the, on the rugby pitch. It's just – it's ridiculous. So – Watch him be a uh, red zone tight end. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, they, they, they're projecting him a tackle, but he runs – he runs like a tight end. I mean, you watch him. He's running, he's running the length of the field on a rugby pitch. He runs a, a 5 one, two, 40. That's pretty good for – That's pretty good for that big of a guy. 6 eight, three, 40, running a 5 one, two, <laughs> Yeah. I, so what I'd like to see is them lining him up as a tackle eligible on yeah. like goal line situations or something and just watch how stressed the defense is. I think if you shot me out of a cannon, I wouldn't have a 5 one, two, 40. <laughs> that's what I ran at 100 – 70 pounds in high school. That was my 40 time. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> He's got 200 pounds on you. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, that's be a fun one to watch. If he's got it, I mean, if he played rugby, you've got to figure he's got decent hands. So whether he's going to yeah. be a lineman, the big thing there will probably be just teaching him all the hand movements as a lineman to mm-hmm. keep guys off him. And the other is, you know, if, if he's a red zone tight end, um, or a tackle eligible tight end or something like yeah. that in the red zone, or even something where you line them up in the backfield and hand the guy the ball to him. You're like, this is a guy that's used to running through people without pads on. Right, right. Now he's got so, a helmet and shoulder pads. Like nothing is, is, is this guy's not going to be afraid of anything. <laughs> yeah, you it's going to be interesting to watch. Have him take two steps, <laughs> possible little, little yeah. passes and just let him run through the linebackers. Right. At least, at least if nothing else, Philly, I feel like they need to, to, for all the fans out there, let this guy play running back a little bit in the preseason. <laughs> Just oh let's God. see what happens. Line him up at fullback. <laughs> oh <my Yeah>. God. <laughs> Some cornerback is going to get killed. Oh, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? What, uh, anything else we found? So, I don't know if you guys uh, normally do this during drafts, too. I try to just sort of identify a team that I was like, this team I thought was in a rebuild or close to it. Mm-hmm. And after this draft, I feel like they're not in a rebuild anymore. Like they just really hit on some picks. Um, 
I've heard a lot of people talk about the Giants and what they did, and I, I'd have to agree that I think they did really, really well. But um, I got to say, I wasn't quite sure what, what Denver's plan was, mm-hmm. but Denver just kept getting studs, like, with so many of their picks. I mean, I think they, they didn't expect maybe Chubb to be there, maybe not. They might have wanted to go with Quentin Nelson. They're still getting a stud that way. But the guys that got later, I mean, Cortland Sutton, people were talking about maybe he's the first receiver taken. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's the top two or three receiver taken still. And, and, yes, he was that. But in the second round, you're getting that guy. And he's almost a carbon copy of Demarius Thomas, like, to be learning from him. He's just going to – it's going to be hard to screw that one up. And he's already got a connection with Emmanuel Sanders from – they both uh, uh, the uh, same alma mater. And then, you know, they get uh, Deshaun Hamilton from Penn State, who maybe isn't an Emmanuel Sanders clone, but is pretty good as well, or looks like he could do a lot of the same things. I mean, they, I think they went from going, is Elway going to go for another quarterback and they're going to be on like a two-year plan and Case Keenum's just a bridge guy or whatever to like, oh, no, they put talent around Case Keenum and they got a running mate yep. for Von Miller. It's mm-hmm. like, I just think they, they really improved themselves. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think, think uh, Denver did a good job. I think when – go ahead, Andrew. I was just saying, I, I don't think they were that far away from being one of the top teams anyway, and then they added a bunch of talent. So, yeah. What are you going to say, Brian? I think they were pretty, I think they were pretty shocked that uh, Chubb was there at five. Honestly, I think Denver possibly had a couple scenarios in mind, and I don't think Chubb being there at five was one of them. I think that when they saw that, it was one of those where – there was other moves on the table, and they might have been able to possibly trade back or something like that. But when Chubb was there, it was just one of those, like, here's a guy that we cannot pass up on. You put him in front of Von Miller, and, oh, good good Lord, that's going to be scary. Yeah. I actually I mean, have, a, I, I have a fear that December 15th, when the Browns play the Broncos, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield oh, may no. get in the game, <laughs> and Chubb may come around the end and murder him. No. And I'm really scared about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Chubb is he's, he is just an absolute monster. And, um, you know, they just go back to like, hey, what helped us win the Super Bowl? We had, um, you know, the last, the last 4% of battery life in Peyton Manning, and he managed to, uh, he managed to just not turn the ball well, over a couple times. And... The software update, so it didn't sit down. <laughs> Nerds! Yeah. Nerds. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they had DeMarcus Ware, who was also, like, not prime DeMarcus Ware even, but he was still good enough at rushing the passer to make it work. And they're like, well, two weeks ago, I think, Von Miller said Bradley Chubb seems like a a combination of Khalil Mack and Von Miller, which is terrifying. And now now Bradley Chubb's just next to Von Miller instead. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) I think Denver crushed it. And I've got some very close friends of mine and family that are – Raiders fans and they're they, they weren't happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Any uh, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up with a a question related to fantasy football. So, who out of this draft do you think makes the biggest kind of fantasy impact? I mean, do we want to do this the uh, the old exempt style where it's like, okay, we have to talk about people other than Saquon Barkley because I think <laughs> <laughs> I think we all got that one. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably. I mean, is that yeah. fair? Okay, so yeah, he's, he's agreed. The, the consensus number one. So okay, what's the next uh, next tier? So under him, I give my vote to uh, Darius Geis that went to Washington. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know, just a very talented running back in his own right. 
um, had some weird stories going coming out coming out about him about mm-hmm. the draft process in regards to him having some issues with his interviews and stuff like that. I'd love to yeah, find that, out more. That was weird, right? Like he got in a shouting so, match with Eagles. Apparently Actually, with, with Deuce Staley, which is a bad idea in a lot yeah, of ways because yeah. that guy will rip you in half like a phone book if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. But now he's going to be playing his team twice so, a year. So a yeah. little motivation there. A little motivation. Um, I think the team from Washington got uh, a, th- a three-down running back, uh, you know, uh, and I think he could do pretty well. How about you, Brian? Oh, man, outside of Barkley. Oof. <laughs> I wanted to challenge you guys a little bit. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to end up being a quarterback that ends up stepping in and getting to get some good playing time this year. Hmm. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's tough. I mean, there's not a lot of, not a lot of big fantasy impact players that kind of went in the first round, you know, because a lot of guys went on defense and a lot of linemen went. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'd probably say, I mean, if Rosen gets a chance, maybe him. Um, yeah, who has the potential to pull a kind of like a Deshaun Watson out of this this quarterback class? I mean, I think Rosen's got the most assets around him. Um, I think Josh Allen's going to be good in Buffalo, but it's going to take him, I think, a couple years to get his feet wet um out there hopefully it's baker mayfield in two years yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) um i don't think it's going to be this year i think you know that'll still belong to tyrod but uh i think rosen's got the in terms of pieces around him i think he's got the best opportunity to kind of you know take arizona um into the playoffs if they can get good and if he can get that starting job and um i mean there's a lot of good talent around him and i mean throwing a larry fitzgerald and if if uh david johnson's healthy that's a pretty nice position to be in over there in Arizona. Yeah, and not wishing any ill will on people, but uh, I think it's fair that <laughs> Rosen's going to get to play because Bradford's had a lot of trouble staying healthy yeah. through his career. And the uh, guy between Bradford and Rosen on the depth chart for now at least is uh, uh, is Mike Glennon. So I think uh, chances are high that Rosen's going to see the field this year. Yeah, um, You've got uh, a very good quarterback in Bradford, but he does get banged up. And then yeah. Big Bird – in front of you, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> I don't think he's going to have a problem jump step, jumping over I, Glennon. I think you'll be the second quarterback on the depth chart by by, by a, a preseason. So yeah. after, <laughs> after uh, Barkley, my, my pick for kind of biggest fantasy impact is going to be DJ Moore. I like so, that. I like that. So the Panthers seem to have a profile. They go through these guys that are maybe a little on the small side, but just quick as, as anything. Well, they didn't have speed for Cam for a long time. They were running – I mean, not just power running backs, but running uh, quarterback power with him to uh, mm-hmm. move the chains. Yeah. And Olsen was pretty much the only guy that was doing it. They got a lot of good use out of Ted Ginn when he was there, and mm-hmm. I think it kind of opened their eyes of like, oh, we should stretch the field every now and then. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. And adding McCaffrey last year and adding DJ mm-hmm. Moore this year – um, and they also, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name now, but they added speedster, uh, from, I think Ohio state that resembled Percy Harvin a lot. Um, Chris Samuels and yep. they're, they're putting more speed around Cam, And I think yeah. it just makes a lot of sense. Some people had DJ Moore as the best receiver or the top receiver in this mm-hmm. class. So I think that's a good pick, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks. That's, that's a good call. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Pleasure as always. Great. Yeah, thanks for joining us again, Brian. Yeah, no worries, man. It's been uh, it's always fun to 
to chat and talk football. It's always a good time. Yeah. We'll have you on again uh, when Cleveland wins their first game this year. <laughs> hopefully it's not in December. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the next time we see each other, we're not all wearing Santa hats or something like that. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But yeah, this was awesome. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem, man. Good I'm not, I'm actually, I'm, I'm excited to watch Cleveland this year. I mean, it's. I didn't think I'd say that either of the last two years. You <laughs> made me say that, but um, just kind of. It's, it's been a while since I've, I've said or heard those words about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but just kind of seeing the moves they've made and all yeah. that stuff. Like there's, be, there's room for improvement, and I think that's going to happen. So it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how it all plays out. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like they actually have a plan that they're actually putting in place, and it's actually a plan that may work in in football. Um, so yeah, it's going to be exciting and. You know, hope they got some talent on the roster, and hopefully, guys don't get hurt and they can put together some winning games. Uh, it's going to be a tough year. This the schedule's pretty tough, but uh, mm. hopefully, they can find a way to hammer out some wins. Yeah, cool. And, and you're not, and the Niners, I think, are going to they're going to be pushing for that. Uh, they're pushing hard against LA, but the Niners should make a pretty good run in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Again, health has so much to do with it, right? So. Let's just yeah. keep everyone alive. <laughs> and I say that with LA in mind. Those, those goddamn Yeah, folks. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, without an offensive line, I'm not looking forward to facing them either. I mean, <laughs> shit. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. It's cool. Been a slant and go. Awesome. All right. Slant go, episode 200 in the books. Something like that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, team. Go Browns. All right. <laughs>